Hello, welcome to podcast five um, on an addiction. And um, today I thought we might just get actually some drug facts from the National Institute of Drug Abuse. Um, I'm actually going to be writing them a letter because we disagree with many of the things that they say. But remember, I'm not a professional. I'm just a recovering addict. And um, I've sort of been in trenches for a long time um, that I got out of about four years ago. Um, I'm going to talk about crack today because we talked about heroin um, and I think I could have done a little bit better with the facts, although really I don't think people care about the percentage of people who use heroin or die from heroin. Um, I think you need to know one thing. And you'll hear throughout this podcast or this reading from this Institute of Drug Abuse is um, on the, you know, if you're, if you're smoking crack, you, you could be on your way to, to becoming addicted. And uh, in my decades of usage, I never met any um, with cocaine, crack, heroin, or meth that were social users or on their way to becoming addicted. I believe the first pipe you take of crack, you are addicted. I know it was this case for me and hundreds of people that I have met throughout my life. So, what should we start with? How about this? So let's bring it down to the research level. Cocaine is a powerful, addictive stimulant drug. The powdered salts from a cocaine can be snorted or dissolved in water and then injected. Crack is a street name given to the form of cocaine that has been processed to make rock crystal, which then heated produces vapors that are smoked. The term crack refers to the crackling sound produced by rock because it was heated. Um, this was my drug of choice in the end of my usage, and the other thing about crack is that you can inject it, actually. It's just a ridiculous theory, though, that you uh, cook it back down to oil, um, put that in the needle, and project from there. How is cocaine abused? Three routes of administrating are commonly used for cocaine, snorting, injecting, and smoking. Snorting is a process of inhaling cocaine powder through the nose, where it is absorbed into the bloodstream through the nasal tissues. Injecting is the use of a needle to insert the drug directly into the bloodstream. And smoking involves inhaling cocaine vapor or smoke into the lungs, where absorption into the bloodstream is rapid as it is by smoking. All three methods of cocaine abuse can lead to addiction. Bang! There you go, right there. That's where my letter's coming out. Can lead to addiction. If you're banging cocaine, or some, even snorting cocaine, you're not on the road to addiction, sorry, but you are addicted, and, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person, you know, it just means you're sick, um, and just, get, just don't read that shit, because, you know what, if you're addicted, and you're hurting, and you're, you know, lost, and in need of help, and you read something like that, you're gonna think you're nuts, you're not nuts, they're nuts, because they don't know what else to say, that's the bottom line. The intensity and duration of cocaine effects, which include increased energy 
reduce fatigue and mental alertness depend on the route of the drug administration. The faster cocaine is absorbed into the bloodstream and delivered to the brain, the more intense the high. Injecting or smoking cocaine produces a quicker, stronger high than snorting. On the other hand, faster absorp absorption usually means shorter duration of action. The high from snorting cocaine lasts about 15 to 30 minutes, but the high from smoking is about 5 to 10 minutes. In order to sustain the high, a co cocaine abuser has to administer the drug again. For this reason, cocaine is sometimes abused in binges. It's not abused, okay, in binges. There is no such thing as a crack binge. Okay, you don't ever stop, or you do stop when you get off it. Taken repeatedly with a relative short, short period of time. All that huge paragraph actually wasted of your time with is, um, it's really fucking addictive. It's, uh, um, the only thing more addictive than it is meth. And, um, again, it's the same effect. You need to smoke it at least a pipe every, you know, five to ten minutes, which gets really expensive. I need to say something about that because, you know, we're called crackheads and, um, the, you know, we get it from the ghetto and the black guys and, you know, it's really dangerous. You know, Yeah, it's dangerous, but it, it left the ghetto a long, long time ago. Um, when I was dealing, I was dealing to white collar. We're talking about guys, our teachers and our lawyers and our doctors, our surgeons, um, Nobody uses powdered cocaine anymore. Everybody smokes crack because of the high. Um, and for, you know, a little while, you can actually swing it where you're, uh, you're smoking it and you're able to kind of not for two hours if you have to do like a surgery or something. But I had a surgeon tell me that he was doing it um, when I went to the ER one time with a problem with it. So, uh... It's not a ghetto drug anymore. It's not about the blacks, although the blacks do have a the major market. Excuse me. It is um, crack itself is in such a high demand we can't fill it. And um, when you have a quantity like that, you're going to it's very lucrative. You just you're making a good lot of money. Don't mean black people. I mean all of the dealers are making a hell of a lot of money. And it's not in the ghetto. I mean, it is in the ghetto, but it, it's everywhere, and nobody wants to look at that. So we'll just keep talking, and maybe somebody will look at it that needs to. Um, I can't remember if I read this. Cocaine is a strong central nervous system stimulant that increases levels of dopamine in the brain associated with pleasure and movement in the brain's reward circuit. Certain brain cells or neurons use dopamine to communicate. Basically, there's this chemical in your brain that makes you feel good. Um, like running, you'll have like a 400 uh, dopamine level. And then sex, you'll have like an 800 dopamine or, or metal. And that's really, really high. Um, but sex feels really, really good. Dopamine just makes you feel good. And certain things that we do in life or you know, in many ways, emotionally too, I agree, I think, is it brings dopamine. But then when you're getting into cocaine and crack, you're getting up to 1,200, 1,300 levels of dopamine. And that, and meth being even more than that. 
And the scary part of that is that you're feeling so good you don't even know that you're feeling good. And um, again, it's not your dopamine rises, but the what's in your bloodstream and your brain rises, and that's what causes the overdose. With repeated use, cocaine can cause uh, long-term changes in the brain reward system. With repeated use, tolerance to cocaine high also often develops. Again, flag, get on the ladder. Many cocaine abusers report that they seek but fail to achieve as much pleasure as they did from the first exposure. I'll tell you one thing about crack, coke, banging it, smoking it, I don't care what you do with it. The first high that you ever have on it is so fantastic and such high dopamine levels that you spend the rest of your life as an addict trying to get that high again. And you never will. But you're still not going to give up because it was just too good to not try for again. Some users will increase their dose in an attempt to intensify and prolong the euphoria, but it also can increase the risk of adverse psychological effects. Um, I'm not going to go through all the health problems. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what uh, cocaine does to the body. The only sad thing about cocaine is when we overdose, um, for example, on heroin, I had um, quickly a shot of adrenaline, which took me out of the overdose. And um, with pills, if we overdose, we get charcoal, which saves our lives. And we can even defib. Um, but with cocaine, you will never, ever have an antidote. So it's an instant heart attack, heart failure, and death. Um, and people usually think heroin is the worst part. And heroin does overdose the most because of the quantities that they may go back to using. Um, and again, there's diseases like HIV and Hep C. I contract, contracted Hep C. Uh, I did not by sharing needles because I don't share needles. But um, I have this blood disease now because some guy thought it would be funny to poke me with his. And uh, that that's only a reflection of my behavior and my surroundings that I was accepting and not thinking that were important. Um, it is showing here that uh, Americans aged 12 and older conducted by substance abuse and mental health administrations um, on national household survey on drug use is an annual survey, Americans aged 12. So they're starting at 12 years old. Um, I don't know if that's a surprise to anybody, but it's certainly not to me. And I think that's pretty scary. And I guess my purpose of this long, uh, sorry, podcast is to, to say, you know what? Those of us who know a little bit, because we've been in the trenches, is that maybe we could share a little bit. And by doing so, maybe someone that needs to hear um, that they're not alone it's true, you're not alone. Um, and maybe we'll get some guest addicts on here to talking as well. Um, and please feel free to email me uh, with any questions and I will keep completely confidential um, and get back to you because uh, again, I'm not an expert, but I know what I'm talking about. And I say bless to everybody. If you did listen, thank you very much. 
and we'll come up with something interesting to do next week. Okay, thanks.